Deeper Dive podcast, Catechism of the Catholic Church, in a year. Today is day number 309, and we begin with number 2380. Adultery refers to marital infidelity. When two partners, of whom at least one is married to another party, have sexual relations, even transient ones, they commit adultery. Christ condemns even adultery of mere desire. The Sixth Commandment and the New Testament forbid adultery absolutely. The prophets denounce the gravity of adultery. They see it as an image of the sin of idolatry. Adultery is an injustice. He who commits adultery fails in his commitment. He does injury to the sign of the covenant, which the marriage bond is, transgresses the rights of the other spouse, and undermines the institution of marriage by breaking the contract on which it is based. He compromises the good of human generation and the welfare of children who need their parents' stable union. The Lord Jesus insisted on the original intention of the Creator, who willed that marriage will be indissoluble. He abrogates the accommodations that had slipped into the old law. Between the baptized, a ratified and consummated marriage cannot be dissolved by any human power or for any reason other than death. The separation of spouses while maintaining the marriage bond can be legitimate in certain cases provided for by canon law. If civil divorce remains the only possible way of ensuring certain legal rights, the care of the children, or the protection of inheritance, it can be tolerated and does not constitute a moral offense. Divorce is a grave offense against the natural law. It claims to break the contract to which the spouses freely consented, to live with each other till death. Divorce does injury to the covenant of salvation, of which sacramental marriage is the sign. Contracting a new union, even if it is recognized by civil law, adds to the gravity of the rupture. The married spouse is then in a situation of public and permanent adultery. If a man separated from his wife, approaches another woman, he is an adulterer because he makes that woman commit adultery. And the woman who lives with him is an adulteress because she has drawn another's husband to herself. Divorce is immoral also because it introduces disorder into the family and into society. The disorder brings grave harm to the deserted spouse, to children traumatized by the separation of their parents and often torn between them. And because of its contagious effect, which makes it truly a plague on society. It can happen that one of the spouses is the innocent victim of a divorce decreed by civil law. The spouse, therefore, has not contravened the moral law. There is a considerable difference between a spouse who has sincerely tried to be faithful to the sacrament of marriage and is unjustly abandoned, and one who, through his own fault, through his own grave fault, destroys a canonically valid marriage. Father Jack. Thanks, Bill. We start with uh, with the teaching about adultery and just defining what it is, and I, I think um, you know, it is kind of an, an interesting thing that it is the primary, it is the word of choice for the entire sixth command commandment is is uh, to not be able to have an, a relationship outside of that of your spouse, right? And and it doesn't say um, you know it needs to be a continuing affair, whether it or or one, right? That's that transient. Uh, relation um, that that all of it any any offense is is an offense any offense of uh, whether once or ongoing is uh, a um, 
an offense against um against the marriage bond and and I think almost everyone agrees uh that and and it kind of sees this as as problematic right it's part of the natural law just to say uh an offense against the marriage covenant is uh in in terms of sexual relationship is is problematic and needs to be avoided but we're beginning to see I think trends in society that kind of try and suggest something else right and and um and something that we recognize that we need to be fighting against. Um, but then we turn to this, the teaching on divorce, which is, uh, you know, if one kind of misunderstands the statistic that more than half of, of marriages end in divorce at this point, but it doesn't mean that half of, or uh, that if you're getting married, you have a 50% chance of, of, of divorce. Actually, a person is still... Uh, less likely to get divorced. It just turns out that if you get a first divorce, you're almost assuredly going to get a second, if not third, and even sometimes a fourth divorce, right? So yes, lots of marriages end in divorce, but not half of all people uh, get divorced. And that's very important. Um, bec why? Because it should bring just the slightest bit of hope uh, if, as we enter into the covenant. And that's the point of misusing that statistic of half of all marriages end in divorce is that uh, we want, you know, there's a trend to not want uh, marriage to marriage is seen as a as a possibility in the world. Why? So that we can remove sex from marriage and, and allow people to just do as they please. It's a thing. Uh, so what does the church say about divorce? Well, it's that it should always be avoided or almost always be avoided. There are times where where the church recognizes it is sometimes needed, right? Um, you know, abusive relationships, right? The, we we cannot stay in those. Um, the there are times in which it is just entirely too problematic to, to do. But at the same time, our, our faith, uh, you know, even in a difficult marriage, right, one in which um, maybe as, as extreme as adultery has taken place or, um, or just that a spouse is, is difficult to live with, to be able to remain firm in the marriage and to sacrifice uh, even the will um, to, to, to show forward, um, the other the other person, um, and to remain in the covenant, that is a, a beautiful thing. Um, and it, because our marriage is not meant to be for ourselves alone, right? It does help the spouse. The grace is there. Don't, don't misunderstand me, but, but it also is a sign of, of, as Ephesians 5 reminds us, of Christ and his church, that he is faithful even when she is not, <laughs> that he is, he remains united to us even though uh, she continues to sin against us. That all of these things show us, um, show forth that in our struggle, we still can show forward God's love and mercy. So, why do I? What What is the importance of of it's uh, part of the importance is is being attentive to what do we mean when we say that divorce is a sin? Um, it, one, it, it it very much is, <laughs> but but it. It doesn't mean necessarily that everyone contributes to the in the same degree of that sin, um, and and also is important um, that it doesn't necessarily mean that we need to um, to to refrain from communion. The divorced person does not have to refrain from communion. The remarried person does. That's an important distinction. Um, but also, I think as as Catholics, we need to witness more strongly to the permanency of the marriage bond, right? How how easy I think we often look at uh, 
uh, or how quick we are to say something along the lines of, well, there's always the out of divorce, right? And uh, maybe even counseling people, but, but really shouldn't we be calling each other to the higher sanctity? I'm not saying in every instance, but but we need to be less accepting of, of this great scourge that is scourge that is in our culture, that great acceptance of this evil that that destroys the supernatural vision of the world, that what we should be doing is fighting for the true institution of marriage that says it is a sacred bond between two people make in front of God, asking him to enter into this covenant so that we can truly show forth the great mystery of God's faithfulness to his people by showing f- by the little ways of love that marriage demands and the, the many ways of sacrifice in which marriage calls us to that although difficult at times, sure, and though even at times it may be a source of great consternation, we still show forward the faithfulness and the fruitfulness that is the marriage bond.